Tonight on Rogue Padron, only just beginning to suffer, into the frying pan, no rules, no mercy. <laughs> only just beginning, you say? Yes. Hmm. Mm. What have we been doing for the last two books? <laughs> Not suffering enough. <sighs> <sighs> This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue Six standing by. Rogue Seven standing by. Rogue Three standing by. Well, hey listeners, welcome to Suffering Rogue Padron. <laughs> <laughs> That's this one is, way to put it. <laughs> this is Season 7, Mission 2 of Rogue Padron. So today we're Suffering from something. <laughs> today we're going through chapters 4 through 6 of X-Wing... I already forgot. X-Wing Solo Command. <laughs> what a mess. Okay. Quick reminder of your hosts, in case you are also not like, all there none, right now. None of your words are correct. <laughs> no. A quick no. reminder of your hosts. <laughs> That's not what I said? Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I am not a crook. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Well, if Heath was a president who was about to be impeached. <laughs> oh. All right. So if Heath Rogue 3 was a cheesy roadside attraction... He would be the Bonnie and Clyde death car because I can definitely imagine him and Elliot on a murder spree for money just for kicks. Oh, yes. He's a good wingman. Yeah. I Especially if you imagine like him wearing a, a black ski mask over his face. Oh, <laughs> yes. It's so cute. Like dog shaped hood. <laughs> but his little ears are sticking out. Still. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one will ever know. I'm gonna get him one. <laughs> oh no. We have Danny, Rogue Six, who would be the largest ball of twine because you can't really think of a reason why you want to go see it, but somehow you really, really do. I really want to touch the giant ball of twine. Okay. Not, not Danny, oh, but the oh, actual giant ball of twine. Oh. All right. Okay. <laughs> I gotta just stop saying things. I'm sorry. Okay. The first thing I say all episode. <laughs> <laughs> The great, Staff. the world's largest ball of twine is for looking only. Yes. Do not. I just want to. I just want to touch the giant weird monuments. Okay, that's all my goal in life. Seth Rogue Seth. <laughs> just, just don't acknowledge it. Just keep going. <laughs> Would be the unclaimed baggage center in Scottsboro, Alabama. <laughs> what? What is this? This is a deep cut. <laughs> It's it looks like a department store, but it's all filled with things that from leftover bag like baggage that's left at the airport. And so they even have a museum of lost treasures. Oh my god. Um where they found like really cool stuff. Like they found a hoggle puppet from the from Labyrinth god. in a lost piece of luggage. This is I really want to go here. This is amazing. <laughs> right. Well the reason why you're this 
had to explain, is because you're small and could easily be forgotten at a baggage claim. Oh. You know what? I have literally been forgotten at a baggage claim before, so that's <laughs> so true. <laughs> so accurate. I'm going to write friends came back like 10 minutes later and they're like, whoops. Oops. <laughs> and I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I would be the Cathedral of Junk in Austin, Texas, and really the name says it all. <laughs> That's so good. We should take a Rogue Pod road trip to see all of these things in real life. Yeah. Oh my god. Seth, you're still not allowed to touch the twine. (laughs) Yeah, no touching. No touching. Fine. Okay, well. You say so, Mom. Speaking of getting handsy with monuments, I have a question about Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. (laughs) Coming soon to movie theater near you. Um, who is Snoke? <laughs> oh, Mace Windu. Yeah, go let's on. just go with that. He's just a really bleached out version of Mace Windu, and that's why his face is so weird because he got hit by force lightning and then threw out of a huge story rin- window in Coruscant. Wait, so force lightning actually like removes pigment from your skin? No. Yeah. Your eyes. <laughs> no, it does not. That's like a really <laughs> literal metaphor for Nazism. It does not do <laughs> it that. It is. This is what happens. Wow. Dark side my butt. Like, it's not real. Didn't Pablo confirm that Snoke isn't human? I don't remember that. When did he do that? I thought I saw a tweet of his. I was like, he's not human. He's definitely humanoid. Right. He's, but like, he's him, him not human, being human would explain the weird, like, holes but that could also just be because he's, like, been melted or something. He looks very not good. He right. hasn't had a good time in his life. Or maybe he's had a great time in his life. It's one of yeah, the Yeah, it could be that. It could be. He looks like a real weird politician. I feel like in this what image... What if he's, like, seated at Valorum? This leaked image that came out last week that everyone has seen now, it looks like he should have a giant earring on the one ear and, like, <laughs> a bandana around his head and, like, some chains... <laughs> And be on the cover of, like, his latest hit rap album. You're not wrong. I could see it. Or you can put a bandana around his neck and put a cowboy hat on top. And he's on the cover of his hit country album. Yep, that works, too. That. Yep. <laughs> I also see But it's still with an earring. Absolutely. You can still have an earring. Yeah. You know what? He's super white. He's got those, like, bright blue eyes. He's probably, like... One of those Mandalorians that they brought in in the Clone Wars. Because they all kind of look like that. Except less um, weird. Maybe he's like Obi-Wan's a teen son. What? <laughs> oh my gosh. That would make all the what? all the Ray Kenobi theorists would be so mad if it turned out to be Snoke Kenobi. <laughs> I love oh, it. Oh no. That's all I want now. I want to do Snoke Kenobi. This is it. This is the thing. This I mean, a lot of the letters are the same. There's a K and an O and an, and an e. e. And an N. And in <laughs> yeah, four of the letters in Snoke well, we, are letters well, that are in Kenobi. We got the S from Satine, obviously. There you go. Yeah, we've cracked this theory. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> cracked this it. it right open. Oh, Just like the egg this we cracked open last year. So <laughs> oh no! I know who I don't want him to be, and that is Ezra. I hate that theory oh, so yeah. much. I hate it. Does that theory have so any bad. validity to it? No. no. Why is that a popular theory? Because people it, think that Rebels has to have a reason to exist. Yeah, because it hasn't been officially debunked anywhere, and they both have blue eyes. Period. Mm. That's like wow. the only 
the only reason Wait, it still they exists. they both have blue eyes? <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, essentially. Yeah. So and, fans are bad at things. And this is why I'm really hoping that Pablo has said that he's not human, because that would just, like, rule out the Ezra thing altogether. I just, I need that theory to go away. I, I'm pretty I sure Pablo, it. he hasn't, like, not confirmed it, but he's also made fun of it. Yeah. Makes that would be that know. would be such a good troll move though if that was like actually true and he, he was just like making fun of it on Twitter the whole time but then it was actually true. Well, yeah, if we know one thing about Pablo, it's that he never ever trolls. Yeah, never, <laughs> never in his never. life, never, never. Um, oh, the yeah. more that I'm looking at Snoke, the more it looks like um, one of those. What are the what are the dudes and dudettes and the and the cloning facility? Oh, Camino. Oh. oh yeah, it looks like it looks like a Camino and who got like its neck squished. Yeah, like, or Camino like Camino and human. Child. They all have like they all have like different length necks. He could have just like had a really short one. Or yeah, like Lama Sue and Django Fett got it on and snow happened. Yeah, but oh Snoke's gosh. too white for that. It's got to be yeah. someone else. That's true. What if Snoke is Lama Sue and Obi Wan Kenobi? There were some. Oh no! Clones. We don't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Could have eaten how he got his information. Oh, that's, no. That's one way to do it. When you're as charming as Ian McGregor, work with yeah. what the good Lord gave you. <laughs> so do we answer your question, Danny? <laughs> Definitely. I mean, <laughs> let's be real. I answered it, but sure. <laughs> I answered all of my questions. <laughs> oh, no. Well, let's get into this section of very exciting chapters in this book. Yeah, you might say that they are on fire. Oh, no. Don't, 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 don't. Oh, my God. I read it while on... I'll save it. We can talk about it when it happens. Yeah, yeah. Great. <clears throat> the race and the rogues are in a briefing. We get a quick reminder that Lara is, in fact, Gara Pedothel, and that Lara knows that she's going to have to come clean to Wedge soon, and that she'll probably be killed for it. Cheery. Great way to Cheery start reminder. off a ch- Wedge says that Warlord Gabor expects the race to be working alone, so they're going to turn the tables and have the rogues in as backup. And it's Gavin. Gavin <laughs> is the one who complains about babysitting. Gavin, the babyface youngster in the group. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> when he was like 17. <laughs> and this is only like, I don't know, three years later? Who knows? Yep. Aaron Alston has a thing for Gavin, confirmed. Loves Gavin. <laughs> Yep. Maybe Gavin was saying it ironically. I don't think he like, was. Maybe Gavin <laughs> in, in the intervening years has become like super hipster. And now he's sitting in the briefings with like really thick rimmed goggles. Goggles. Glasses. <laughs> wow. I guess pilots were Space goggles. hipsters. Yeah. Space hipster. <laughs> oh no. I mean I think a lot of the people on Wraith Squadron are older than Gavin. <laughs> yeah. But they're all baby pilots compared to his skill. I suppose. So Faith says if it would be okay if in exchange they give the rogues a really dangerous target to take out. And Gavin is okay with this, which, alright. Sounds good. (laughs) The plan right now is for the Wraiths to find out that they to find out what they can about the Binring Corporation. It's obvious that Warlord Gabor has ties to this based on how interested he was in Lieutenant Ketch's backstory. Wedge knows that everyone knows about Piggy, so he thankfully knows that the facility at Saffalor will be abandoned and also set with traps. Thank goodness they know that. 
Well, we thought we were going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) We thought we were prepared. We were wrong. Face gets up to start describing his, like, first plan as Wraith leader. And it starts with the Monromanda jumping into an asteroid belt in the Cephalor system. They'll start sending asteroids toward the planet to simulate meteor showers. The rogues and wraiths will sneak in on the third and largest shower, landing at a polar ice cap where the sensors are the weakest. They'll fly in low to just they'll fly in low to the ground just outside of Lou Rock City, where Piggy thinks he's from. It's a good bet that the Big Ring facility is there. Faye says that once they get to the city, the priority is to find out what name Warlord Gabor is holding the facility under. He says a simple query can fix that. Laura immediately says <laughs> no. And then embarrassed, no sir, later, she explains that they don't know what kind of query would be flagged. What would be best is if someone makes a query about a company they know is safe and then observe the time and see how many checks happen. That way they have a control to compare when Face asks about the suspected company. They'll also tail him out to make sure he isn't followed. Face, oh geez, Face asks if anyone has told her she's a natural for intelligence work and Lara is probably screaming on the inside. Lara is definitely screaming on the inside. She's Absolutely. having a rough time right now. This whole chapter was like, hey, remember how Lara is Gara? Right. By the way, Lara's Gara. Right. Oh, here. <laughs> Face just made a comment about how Lara would make a great Gara, but he doesn't even know. Ah, ah. Oh, Face. <laughs> Face goes on to say that if they find out the name Warlord Gabor is using, they should look into whatever war- whatever else Warlord Gabor might own. No. Again, Laura cuts him off with a no. <laughs> I love this so much. This, yeah, this was Never a really before. funny funny written briefing scene. It was good. Never before have they found any evidence of Warlord Gabor's owning more than one property on one planet. They shouldn't even query about the name until they've done their raid in order to keep suspicions down. Once more, Face agrees with Lara. They'll stage a raid on the major fr- uh, fabrications facility, assuming that the bin ring facility is nestled inside. Face says that they'll stay with their usual member assignments and protocols. No. Laura says no again. Everyone laughs. Ha ha ha. Face asks Wedge if this is what command is like and sincerely apologizes for being a little piece of crap during their briefing. (laughs) Wedge says he's only just begun to suffer. Oh, Wedge. Wedge. We have he's watched so Wedge age okay. like 30 years over the course of these three books. But he's still like 26. <laughs> he's like he's like 29 by this point. <laughs> oh, Wedge. Laura explains that they have Rogue Squadron and they need to use them. That's the whole point of them coming along on this mission. Tycho is like, yes, we are great. Please tell me more about this. <laughs> and <laughs> says the raids can go in and plant markers at key points. That way they can call in precise airstrikes from the rogues. It will make a big impact. Wedge says Face needs to do more research on how to best use his resources. Face retorts that he's not used to having resources. They will all work together to tear apart Face's plan and rebuild it into a better one. In the medical center, I guess. Piggy is finally okay. It's not the first. I loved this. It was pretty. (laughs) It was written from his perspective, and Piggy was just like, hmm, something seems different. Oh, 
I don't have a hole in my chest anymore. How nice. Right? <laughs> this is a much more this pleasant experience. So much better than before. So it's not the first time that Piggy's been awake, but it is the first time he isn't in pain. He's ready to get back and do some useful work because he can only solve so many math and navigation problems in his head. The wraiths come to visit him after he gets pulled out and, of course, harass him. Shala and Kel made him a guide on how to dodge. <laughs> Wiz said he brought him some Bacta-flavored candy and Bacta-flavored drink and Bacta-flavored food. And Tarragon asked Piggy if he could kill him because nobody else will. Aw, what a good group of people. Piggy's happy to be home. Boy, <laughs> Tarragon just isn't letting this joke drop. He sure isn't. It's almost He's as really if it's not really a joke. <laughs> I'm really worried about Terry. Really worries me. <laughs> yeah. I'm scared. Fast forward to the third meteor shower, and the squads are going in under infiltration. Min is thinking that this is the worst type of flying. Simple enough to make you bored, but dangerous enough if you get bored and careless, you'll be dead. So they have to maintain calm silence so they can't depend on anyone but themselves to navigate the terrain. Min starts to think about who he is and how he got there. How being a sniper eventually got to him, feeling guilty that no, every, that no one he killed had a fair chance to defend themselves. He enlisted in Starfighter Command and easily moved through the ranks within a year until Talon Squadron. He was kind of pulling a core in here. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I'm getting awfully contemplative. <laughs> I was just waiting to At learn least... about who Mindonis' dad was and how that impacted his life. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad that didn't happen. <laughs> So, so much. So Min has two choices. To be consumed by revenge and hunt down whoever took Talon Squadron from him. Or... Yikes. <laughs> I know. What he lately wanted Let's to Let's see do. what's behind door two. Live a normal life looking forward toward the future. Hmm, tough choice, Min. Min never got to sort out how he felt about Phelan. But Lara has become special to him, even though they haven't shared much. But they're the same, and he knows they could help each other. Oh, jeez. I think but he needs little... that talk that Tyria gave to Kel, like, in the first book. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> but a little voice in his head tells him he's wrong. Tells him that he shouldn't bother and just go hunt down and settle the score for his departed pilots. But then he hears the voice of our wonderful, beloved, departed doctor, Ton Fannin. And he realizes that he has a future, and he shouldn't waste it. He might be able to give himself for surviving, and he might be able to talk to Lara. But, like, also in the same monologue, <laughs> he was like, also, if I ever find out what happened to that Garrett Pedithel character, I'm going to be, <laughs> like... I know. Well, he thinks he thinks she's dead, but he, like, he made it very clear that he has very tough feelings towards Gera. <laughs> yeah, it's... Like, hmm, I wonder if this will become an issue later on. Oh, mm, this feels like it could end badly. Hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> could go wrong here. The, ro the rogues and the wraiths successfully land, snapping up, their snapping up to camouflage their ships, transfer fuel, and start shift watches. Face didn't see any major obstacles now that they've seen the city, but it's not pedestrian friendly, friendly and he has to figure out how to transport in. Min seeks out Lara, and, well... It's best just to read this together. 
Once he had the camo covers tied down over his X-Wing and had made sure that his astromech clink was settled in, Dono sought out Lara. He found her under her own camouflage cover, kneeling on the starboard S-foils of the, her snub fighter, whispering to her own R2, Tanin. He waited patiently until she emerged and extended a hand to help her down. Could I have a word with you? Yes. <laughs> 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 and was immediately annoyed with himself at the formality of his voice. Of course. He led her into the deeper shadow between her X-Wing and Kel's TIE interceptor. There's something I wanted you to think about. There. That was better. A more normal tone to his voice. In spite of the way his chest suddenly felt compressed, he was in full control again. What's that? Me. She looked at him, and one eyebrow went up. A mocking look. Rebel pilots have the biggest egos in all the known universe. Well, it's not like that. I'm asking out of a sense of fairness, since I'm spending all this time thinking about you. Her smile faded. Min, I'm not amused. Good, I'm not trying to amuse you. Look, I just spent a long time working up the nerve to bring this up with you at all. It was harder than almost anything I've done. So don't be amused. Take it seriously. She took a step back from him, bringing her up against the wing array of Kel's interceptor. No, no, no. Just turn around and go find someone else to be interested in. I'm not right for you. He couldn't keep the smile from coming to his face. Oh, that's a very good sign. What is? You didn't say, go away, I don't like you. <laughs> it's rude. <laughs> Why did I do that? <laughs> you started suggesting reasons that are theoretically in my best interest. She wrapped her arms around herself as though to protect herself from a chill and glared. I don't like you. Now you're lying. You do that a lot, just like Faith. I'm getting better at figuring out when you're doing it. He stepped in close. You can't get rid of me by lying to me. I'm a mess. I'm barely fit to fly. Me too. We make a perfect couple. <laughs> if I don't get killed, I'm pretty sure my career is going to crater. I'm going to be a tremendous embarrassment to the raids. How about that? Me too. Another thing we have in common. Stop it! She looked surprised by the volume of her voice and looked around to see if anyone had noticed. Donos looked too, but the camp was still bustling with activity. No one stopped to peer at the source of the cry. When he looked at Lara's face again, though, something had changed. There was a stillness to her, a watchfulness that was almost reptilian. He suppressed an urge to step away from her. I could say twelve words, Lara said. And when I was done, the very least you do is turn away and leave me alone forever. He could tell that she was speaking the truth, and the fact that she had the power to do this, to send him away, dismayed him. Then don't say them. Donos had really only meant to let her know of his interests, perhaps to rattle her, but she now looked so distant and lost that he couldn't just let her be, when he put his arms around her and drew her to him. When her lips met his, they were clenched tight and she was shaking, but then she relaxed into the kiss. Her arms snaked up around his neck. She made a noise that was part wail, and only he could hear it. Okay, I really want that to be W H A L E. That's what it is. Are we still going? Yeah. There she was, suddenly part of him, and he wondered how he'd ever lived so long without her being there. Oh my god, so dramatic. Then she drew back her head, her remoteness gone, her expression a little curious, a little anxious. 
That's more like it, he said, and realized immediately that it was the wrong thing to say. She gave him a look he could only imagine her normally offering to someone pouring paint into her X-Wing's engines. Thanks, she said. For reminding me what a gas bag of ego you are. She turned him around, trading places with him, and gave him a hard shove. His head banged into the interceptor wing. Ow, he said. She spun and walked away from him at a fast stride. Stay away from me, lieutenant, she said. Just keep away. Oh, well. Considering how badly he usually did with people, that hadn't gone poorly at all. Donald sighed and headed back to his snub fighter, resisting the urge to whistle. Buddy! Donos! Buddy! Donos! Bro extraordinaire! He's such a bro! Oh my gosh. I can't believe he boxed her in! He's such like a frat bro. Oh my god, buddy. Like, I felt like they were at a frat party and he like cornered her. Right? Oh, jeez. Buddy! That's more like it. Oh, come on. (laughs) Come on! Well, looking good for romance. I have a question. What do we think are... Okay, first of all... Like, obviously we know what the 12 words that Lara could say allude to, but why is it 12 words? Like, what do we think the 12-word sentence is that she's thinking right, of? That like, she literally counted out, like, I was the one who was Gara Pedithal when your squadron was shot down. I was 14, but, like, <laughs> is it a whole sentence, or what yeah. is she thinking? Because I, you only have to do it in four. Right. I am Gara Pedithal. Right. Four words. Yeah. Honestly, so- make it brief. <laughs> She's so complicated. Yeah, not only did re- she have a 12-word sentence, but she's, like, counted out how many words are in the sentence. <laughs> I read that more as her just, like, approximating. Just, like, very quickly being... You know, in the same way, she, she could be like, I, I could say a dozen words right now that would just, like, send you away. But instead of yeah. saying a dozen, she actually said 12. 12. That's how yeah. I, and then, that's, like, that's the how I read that it. She hasn't, like, counted out that. the words. It was just, like, an estimate. Too specific. If she sees it, he's going to count them out and be like, that was 13, actually. <laughs> he actually totally yeah, would. Anyway. Well, actually. <laughs> oh, man. I'm you could have said that in just four words. And then shoots her. Like, yeah. She fucking kill him. I'm sorry, Danny. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You she used Saf used it. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> no, we have to save it for that boy. <laughs> oh, Saf. Oh, sorry. You ruined it. All right, let's get to some more fun times. Yay. So we meet Satim Everick, and I really miss Jart in this moment. (laughs) (laughs) So Satim Everick is a businessman. It's not quite clear what business, but currently he's hauling some grain cakes to the city. Which is definitely a drug. (laughs) (laughs) He's built his parents' failing business into a successful place where he's almost rich. But nothing ever happens to him, and he has nothing to talk about. Except that he's a drug dealer. (laughs) And almost rich. Almost rich. He stops his speeder when he sees someone lying in the road. Probably from his drugs. They just look like they're taking a nap. But he stops, and he goes and checks. The woman's smiling at him, saying that she just needed a little rest. He offers her a ride, and she pulls a blaster out and says that she'll take the whole speeder. Because she wants the drugs. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Once the team looks back at a speeder, he sees more folks checking it out. 
he hadn't even heard them approach. At least he thinks he will have something to talk about. The human race have been scoping out the bin ring facilities all day. Now they sit in the cafe to make their plans for that night. The facility is too big for them to search all of it, so they have to narrow down which part to look at. The race rattle off different areas, all of them agreeing on Northwest 2. Face, of course, has no idea how they all got there. So he asks them to go again and explain themselves. Laura says it's because she noticed that the area isn't connected to the city's power grid, so they must need their own generators. Min says it's best for security, and Shala agrees. Tyria says she just knows it, that she felt it. Tyria explains that she's been trying to connect better with the Force by not forcing it, which she makes this joke too, it's not just me. (laughs) She's been spending too much time with Kel. Super, too much time with her toy friend. (laughs) She gets into a mode where she just lets it come to her, and as they pass Northwest 2, she felt it, the pain and lasting mark of whatever goes on there. Kel is very supportive, which, good job, Kel. He's really being a cool dude. Yeah, especially coming off the heels of that Mindono scene. (laughs) Right? I'm like, Kel's a great guy. Yeah. Remember when Min was, like, not a bro? Remember when he was dead inside and wasn't a bro? I missed that. I, mean, I think he, he was always a bro. He was just too dead inside to be a bro yeah, for a while what there. Yeah, always like this, Seth. I'm sad. I know. I love I love what's happening, but I'm also sad. This is yeah. like the worst case scenario. <laughs> like your favorite <laughs> kind of character turns out to be a frat bro. <laughs> oh my god, right? It's like your friend who's been struggling goes to therapy and then they become like better and you're like, do I like you? <laughs> <laughs> You're you're feeling better, but you're. I don't know that I, I like the person you've become. You're not a better person now, though. I liked you better when you were struggling mentally. <laughs> you were sad and empty. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> he says that this is the place then, and they'll hit Northwest Two that night. And as Laura says, no. Face amends that they'll hit the dock next to Northwest 2, where the security is more lax. Laura finally says yes, and Face, being Face, hams it up like a proposal. She finally said yes! Min mutters something inappropriate under his breath, oh and has Laura blushing again. Oh, buddy. Oh my gosh, Min and Bro Jace would be, like, best bros forever. Uh. <gasps> it would be. I love it. Oh my gosh. Now it's night, and the rays are sneaking in. Shella stops them to check the security cam placement. She notices there's a gap in coverage and decides to go that way. But Tyria says the gap is a lie, and some other weird force things that everyone's kind of feeling awkward about. Face listens to her intuition and asks Shala if this could be a trap to put the intruders right where they're wanted. Shala agrees and it, that it could be, and they pick another way in. Min drives off with the speeder. His task is to steal another one and then come back and set up where he can snipe things. Face notices Laura look after him as as he goes away, and he hopes something cheerful is going on between them. (laughs) Oh, dear. Face is... uh, As soon as Face became, like, the leader of the squadron, he officially became as clueless as Wedge. He's losing (laughs) his touch. Buddy... Also, I feel bad for all the, like, honest businessmen who are out and about and just keep getting their speeder stolen from them. (laughs) But he was a drug dealer, remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) So it's fine. Grain cakes. Uh Uh-huh, sure. (laughs) 
Nope. <laughs> Shouldn't have said that so loud, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They shoot a cable across the roof of the facility, a type of crawler that Shala and her sister used to play with as kids, that ferries them across one by one. By the time Face gets over on the roof, they've already found some access points. There are some infrared beams, but they make it to the, a safe way inside the facility. Face considers that it was a tough call to add Tyria to the intrusion team, but he had to do it because the Force was speaking to her about it. That meant that Lara, whose technical skills are much better, has to stay on the roof with Tarragon as part of the Tracer team. Oh, poor He's Lara. not sure. I know. <laughs> he's not sure if the intrusion team will be able to make up for missing Lara, and he's not sure if Lara will be able to control the newbie Wraith. But he shakes it off, shakes it off, because it's already done. Yeah, make, putting Tarragon, who keeps like asking people to kill him, up on the roof seems like a poor choice. Right. Indian. Better than him being in the intrusion team and trying to get people to kill him. Oh, he would. Face would not let him on the intrusion team. <laughs> he could just be off somewhere else. Pretty much, yeah. Th- this is not a good person to have in a, <laughs> a squadron that's always facing life and death situations. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, yeah. Lara is finished placing tracers and takes a hollow of the roof. She sees Tarragon knocking back some candy and asks if helping would be unlucky. He says he's done everything he could possibly do to bless this mission with good luck. Tarragon does notice that the section of the roof is new. He and Lara pull it up and see pressure sensors. Although no one tripped them, it means that there's a new layer of security over the already substantial security measures of the facility. She chances their discovery and sends a message to the to Wraith 6, telling them to be on the watch. Inside, a technician with Dr. Gast intercepts the transmission. It's encrypted, but they're able to trace the signal to the roof. They have vid of Laura and Tarragon sneaking off. Gast is disappointed at the thought of them running away. But don't worry, Captain Neckbeard is there, on loan from Warlord Gabor, and says... (laughs) that they're just done securing the parameter and the comm was a message to the group inside. They're sending stormtroopers to Lara and Tarragon's position to keep guard over them. Guest hopes that this night will be fun. Did you just call him Captain Neckbeard? I did. Because every time <laughs> I look at netbirds, I just think Neckbeard. And it's, it's just a thing. Okay. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Elbow deep in turbo lift wiring... Kel confirms that Lara was right. There's a bunch of new wiring, and if they had just gone with their original plan, they would have set off probably several alarms. Kel's new plan is just to cut through the metal into the lift right there, because it's not armor strength. Face gives the okay. They get down to almost the bottom of the turbo lift shaft. Kel spots a camera that's watching the lift panel, but if they simply just, you know, jump over it down to the ground, they'll be safe. Face is like, oh no, (laughs) he's not ready for this. Kel goes first, jumping across the gap and sliding down three meters to the floor. Face is ready to go home. They make it all the (laughs) way across with Kel helping to catch them and slow their descent. I knew I should have stayed home today. (laughs) Basically. Oh, Arnold. (laughs) They make work of the minimally secured lift door. They enter the hallway, which is sterile and bright white. 
Face doesn't like it. Something's wrong. The facility is empty, and empty halls won't yield any secrets. Piggy says he recognizes this place. It's the third of four floors, but there's a back and there's a back to ward right down there. But where he knows there should be a hallway, there's just a solid wall with no inclinations that have ever at one time been a hallway. They go further, and he sees a chair he knows where you'd get your shots, and they perform tests, but it's supposed to be one floor up. They reach a door, and they hesitate. The whole facility is mixed up and wrong from what Piggy knows. Shala thinks they should leave just right now, but Face says there's no reward without risk face so they open it oh face this is like a scene out of a horror movie right here it's definitely where like it's all this, the things are there but they're just off just enough to like make this it definitely super happened creepy. in like saw five i swear yeah <laughs> saw five piggy's return oh no i think that actually was kind of a plot line of one of them but anyway from the room guest and neckbeard watch them enter the first chamber Gast is surprised when they got in undetected, but Neckbeard says that although they're good, they're still going to be dead. Great. Gast gives the order for the stormtroopers to secure the two from the roof, jam comms, and then surround the intruders. When they get in the room, everything is weird. Nothing is actually attached to any furnishings, and nothing is where Piggy remembers it should be. It's a mishmash of things like a laundry washer and this chair, and it's all battery powered. Face looks at Piggy for answers, but Piggy can only stare. Gast has her technician press a button. And then balloons fall from the ceiling, and it's a surprise party for Piggy. Welcome home! Oh no! It's the opposite of that! Because the floor (laughs) drops from beneath the wraiths. It's a six or seven meter drop into the dark. Like, that's face not looks- an insignificant drop. No, it's really <laughs> bad. It would hurt. Yeah. Right. As face, especially when you're not prepared for it. Right. Yeah. As face looks around, stormtroopers surround them on the floor above. Face sees Dia unconscious with, so- with a severely broken arm and runs over to her. You know, I straight up forgot that Dia was, like, here until this point because they had not mentioned her up to now. Right? Well, that's the surprise is that only, like, Kel and Face and Shala have, like, said anything. But also, like, Runt is in this group. <laughs> Wiz There's, is like, in this Eight of them. <laughs> it's, like, the rest of the wraiths, but you just don't know it. <laughs> the troopers ask for their demolitions pack. When Face says do it, Kel instructs Shala, demolitions, to throw up her pack. She does it, and Face momentarily panics because they know that in 30 seconds... They're going to find out they lied. But Kel retorts, and in 30 seconds, they'll all be dead, because what is this room? Piggy realizes it's an incinerator. Hmm. This is a horror movie. This is this 300% is also, This is also literally the this is fine image. <laughs> <laughs> Except oh, no. the dog is a Gamorrean. <laughs> oh, dear. Surprise! Laura and Tarragon can't reach the rest of their team. Laura knows something isn't right, but Tarragon sees a shooting star and says it's good luck. But as soon as he does, troopers come out to confront them, and he amends his statement to, I guess not. His thing is weird, but I like it. His luck thing. It's a weird character thing, but I like it. Yeah. Thankfully, the chamber isn't magnetically sealed, but it is turned on. 
So Kel retrieves two charges, saving one for later, and looks around for where to set it. They gotta go fast, though, because the walls are turning red. And they pick one wall and do their best not to get cooked before it goes off. The troopers above them open Shala's pack and pull out a food stick. They last mutter, oh no. <laughs> Everyone's exploding. So much fire. We're having a lot of wildfires in this state and above us, so this is not good. Oh. This is like, uh, well, we, yeah, well, we still haven't gotten there. Anyway. I just want to talk about the fire. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> Neckbeard thinks that this crematorium idea is actually pretty good, even though Warlord Gabor wanted some skull souvenirs. But Gas reassures him that she thinks Warlord Gabor would enjoy the fact that they died very slowly and very painfully. Gast has a lot of things that she needs to work out in therapy. She definitely needs therapy. She needs to chill out a little bit. She would make she a good wraith. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not true. I mean, she, she needs to be in like the therapy group that um, Iceheart is in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Eresy. Oh, yeah. Definitely the same as Eresy, I think. <laughs> like Imperial Women with Dark Inclinations. Yeah. Group therapy session. <laughs> Boy, that'd be fun to be a fly on the wall. Oh, no. What a mess. <laughs> but, uh oh. Something rocks the compound. Neckbeard is taking a squad down to investigate, and Gast has to go with him to give him total access to the facility. The explosion hits face hard, pitching him forward. To protect Dia from the flames and the molten floor, he rolls, but his shoulder and back and booty are severely burned. I like that he described like the fact that his buttocks also got burned. Is <laughs> He's such he a movie had to, star. Like, put that in there. It's important. <laughs> He's got his his three most important physical features. His instinct and his adrenaline get him back up on his feet. He sees a hole open in the flames, and he runs toward it, thinking about a space circus and how animals had to jump through fiery hoops. He hits the wall of the hallway hard, sending him on his back and writhing in pain so bad he can't even check to see if Dia is still with him. This sounds like a not good time. It's a bad time for the raid. This is possibly the worst time that we have read of, of them so far. Of anybody so as far. They are this literally on bad. fire. This is kind of distressing. More yeah. so than most other things that have happened in these books. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I agree. Lara and Tarragon are in trouble. They don't have good cover, and neither of them are very good shots. Tarragon offers to charge them in order to enable Lara to survive. She says that'll be swell, but she'll help too, and she calls in the rogues. But of course, all she gets is static. Face takes a minute to survey what happened. Dia is still there next to him, and she's at least awake now. He gets to his feet right as Wiz jumps out, hitting the wall like Face did, but he manages to stay on his feet, until he rolls around to put the fire on his back out. Tyria is next, looking untouched and like an action star, ready with her blaster rifle. Woo! Kill comes out afterward, his entire front marked with burns from the grid on the floor and shaking. Wait, is it Kel who lost his eyebrows at this? Yeah. yeah. It's completely yeah, gone. <laughs> what a dork. He's such a dork. I love him, though. Let's see. He's the dog with a really hot girlfriend that's just 
blazing through this with no problems. Right. But like also he's a dork, but also he's the next to face, like the most traditionally attractive dude on the force. So Yeah. But now he's he got... he looks like a dork, even But more. now he has no eyebrows. <laughs> Good thing he's already got a girlfriend. Right. Shell and Piggy make it out more or less okay, but they realize Runt isn't with them. But then he runs out half on fire, and Kel and Piggy have to work together to put him out. After a minute to breathe, they get ready to move out. Dia reassures Face with a look. They try to get a hold of Rogue Squadron, but they're jammed. Face, Face instructs them that they have to do whatever they need to get out of here. The anger from the team makes it clear that there's no other option. I love slash hate the image of Runt just like half on fire. Half on fire. Jeez. Like I, I, I was very worried about of all the rays in this scene. I was most worried about Runt in this scenario. The way that he was describing him being on half on fire and unconscious. Right. Great. Super. Glad this is happening right yeah. now. I feel like Runt is like the most flammable of the group because he's got like <laughs> hair everywhere. So much hair. <laughs> so much horse hair. Oh dear. Horses are very flammable. I was real scared they were gonna kill Run in this in this chapter. Nope, we're all okay for right now. Thank God. Back on the roof, Laura knows that they're doomed. Terragon says it'll be fine. Luck is on their side. Laura makes a snide remark as a jet of fire hits a stormtrooper behind them. Terragon replies that their good luck is Laura's boyfriend. <laughs> Glad we're all being mature about this. <laughs> so mature. <laughs> when is Terracon mature about anything? <laughs> it's fine. From their positions, the stormtroopers could either protect themselves from Min or Lara, but not both. They take out a few before the stormtroopers charge Lara and Terragon. The technicians left in the control room call another base to call in some ties to take out the sniper. The wraiths get close to the turbo lifts, but as they reach them, they open. Face is about to tell them to retreat, but he recognizes Neckbeard, who recognizes Shala, and knows they don't have an option anymore. Shala charges Neckbeard, and Face orders them all to charge. Jeez. The, I Liz mean, charges- if you're Neckbeard, like, this is the scariest thing. I know, this is <laughs> because bad. Because here's, like, eight half-burned soldiers who you thought were dead and know that you're the one responsible. <laughs> right, this is not good. Yeah. <laughs> Wiz charges forward after only seconds after Shala, pulling out his pistol. He takes five steps and takes five shots, killing four and disarming neck, Neckbeard. But it's a straight hallway and he has no cover, so soon enough all he sees is black. Shala goes straight for Neckbeards, who knows that she is Katya of the Hawkbats. Playing dirty, surprise, surprise, he hits her, at her on her burns, which puts her down. Before he can finish her off, he's picked up by Runt, who slams him against a wall once and twice, and Neckbeard is no more. That was such a badass move. So cool. Also, again, imagining that the horseman is half, like, burned. What a horror story! (laughs) Gosh. The stormtroopers are either dead or fleeing for their lives, because those wraiths have nothing to lose. Piggy and Kel go after Gast, Piggy recognizing her as one of his doctors, as, and they catch her. Face offers that she can either help them get out without being ambushed, or they'll use her as a shield as they try to get out the hard way. 
She complies easily, knowing that Warlord Gabor will kill her, and this is the only way to stay alive. Wiz is not doing so hot right now, heavily bleeding in multiple places. Shala is up, and Runt is foaming at the mouth. What a mess. Oh, I'm sure it's fine. It's totally cool. Can the horseman get rabies? I mean... I mean, not from fire. <laughs> I don't think that's how rabies works. Fair. <laughs> Maybe from neckbeard? I don't know. Space pirates, man. Gas leads them to a secret tunnel access and comments that she enjoyed watching Face's holodramas. It grosses Face out. But he feels better when she says that she enjoyed Tetran Cowl more, whom Face hates. And with every new name I have to say, I just miss Jart more and more. <laughs> As they escape, Kel notices a main support beam attached to a power grid. Rather than blowing everything up, they can use it to make an antenna. Hobby sprints to Wedge and Tycho, saying that the wraiths need immediate air support. Lara and Tarragon are met with the Ties, which are thankfully just forcing them to surrender and not killing them outright. But something happened, and two Ties are dropped, giving Lara and Tarragon the chance to take out the remaining Stormtroopers. The third Tie runs for it, and Lara has no idea what just happened. Wedge is leading the rogues. They get another signal from the Wraiths, asking them to blow something up so they can escape, and also to blow up where they just were because it's a festering pit of evil. Wedge orders three flight to go take care of the incoming ties, and two flight to go do what the Wraiths wanted. Gavin sighing heavily at the babysitting duty because he is in two flight. Oh, I mean, Gavin. Two no, two flight, two flight, yeah. The rogues are handily destroying Shrike, Shriek? Shrike? Squadron? Shrike. Who cares about these ties? Lara and Tarragon meet up with Min. Taldira shows up in his X-Wing and tells them where he, they can go pick up the rest of the squad. Dia asks... Yeah. Dia asks for face who Tetran Cowell is. He explains that they were rivals, competed for the same roles, wanted to be pilots, chased the same girls. He was the person Tan was going to give all of his money to if Face did not get his scar removal surgery. Face won in the end, though, with Tetron getting homely and not making, not able to make any holodramas for years. Oh my god, such a petty movie star thing to say. <laughs> so petty. <laughs> I love it. He got homely. <laughs> the race are riding out in Min's flatbed speeder. They're all doing okay and claim they are fit to fly so they can get the heck out of there. Face doesn't 100% believe him, but who's gonna stop him? Gasso ride with Shala's TIE Interceptor, that's not her X-Wing, and promises that they don't have to worry about her getting feisty. The worst she'll do is try to negotiate. Face is honestly shocked, but she explains that she has so much useful information, and that the New Republic will definitely make a deal and not just murder her. She goes on to ask for money, a new identity, and protection from Warlord Gabor before Face just orders them to gag her. And that's the end! Yay, a happy Woo! ending for everyone. Yikes. Everyone's what a few alive, kind of. That was, like, that was a really good set of chapters. It was like a contained story within the larger story. Yeah, it was... You got the mission, you got them going into the mission, you got them screwing up at the mission. You got them all on fire, you got yep. them getting away. Yes. 
and all, all the important elements that every good story should have. It felt a lot like Ocean's Eleven, almost. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Race Squadron does Ocean's Eleven, like a little heist kind of situation. It was good. I liked it. I love heists. So good. I feel like the rights just have, like, things go explosively wrong when they try to introduce stuff. Like, didn't they have those, like, probe droids last time they tried this? Yes. Yes. <laughs> when they were sneaking to a facility and they're like, oh, suddenly some probe droids. Yeah, and they almost got killed by all the probe droids. They don't have good luck with this stuff. They're really good. For an infiltration unit, it seems like what's worse, the worst thing they can do is try to infiltrate a building. <laughs> <laughs> They're not good at what they're supposed to be good at, right. is what it like, seems. So great at being a pirate troop, so bad at like being military wraiths and sneaking into a building just to do recon. On the other hand, they are very good at getting out of tight situations. So they may be bad at like not getting into those situations, but at least they're good at getting out of them. <laughs> they have to be. <laughs> All right, should we do some listener responses? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, last week we asked what other experiments have gone wrong and escaped the facility on Cephalor. Did we end up answering this last we week? Did. I don't, we I don't did. remember. Yeah. Okay. I had the super buff, like even more handsome Mon Calahati. Nice. That's right. <laughs> does it? Does anyone remember what I said? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it was a Tycho clone. I don't know. Yeah, Probably it was. It was a Tycho, it was a tycho clone. Okay. Yep. That's that. <laughs> Sounds a tight right. clone, if you will. Tight clone. Oh no! <laughs> oh, okay. We can we can brand that. I like it. <laughs> Hassan said, "The scientists from Safalor lost contact of their test subjects after trying a formula of turning humans into changelings and aliens into humans. This was a master plan by Zinj to infiltrate the New Republic, and the operation was called Some Many Balls." Oh, Warlord. Oh, Zinj. I was like, who's Zinj? Zinj? Oh, Warlord Gabor. <laughs> Warlord Gabor, yeah. Oh, no. Jay said, Kit and Lormat escaped from Cephalor, but instead of undergoing the intelligence and aggression treatment, they did the opposite. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that explains a lot. But oh, he boy. thought he went through the intelligence and aggression treatment, oh, which boy. is the problem. Yeah. 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 Oh, buddy. <laughs> Nancy said, Saf escaped from Cephalor as an AI experiment gone awry. <laughs> I believe it. I like that. Good on you, Nancy. <laughs> News of the Galaxy said, Corrin came from that lab. No normal person has that level of daddy issues. Hint, because he has no daddy. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh... What if, like, what's his name? Roasted Cornhorn. What if he was just... A test tube? Yeah, what if he didn't exist at all? Oh my and god. It's just a memory implanted in his head. Into whose head? Into Corrin's head. Then he does exist. No, of his dad. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what? Roasted 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 corn horn is his dad. Roasted horn. No, it's Hal Horn. That's his name. Hal Horn. Oh yeah, Hal's his dad. Roast, Roast- roasted is like his granddad. That's his granddad. It yeah. sounds just it just sounds like you're saying roasted corn. <laughs> that's his name. She is. That's his name. <laughs> Okay. This was <laughs> a thing back from book three. <laughs> Roasted corn horn. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Thank you for remembering, Danny. Yeah. Heath, you need to spend more time on the Rogue Podron Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, my God. We should have a page. I'll do it. <laughs> Spitfire said, uh, how do you pronounce this? Kushiban. A Kushiban who spies on her targets by pretending to be a pet and then steals files, credit chits, and small trinkets. There's an image cool. embedded of that creature, and it's kind of cute. Oh, it's real cute. Okay, that's pretty cute. Like a weird rabbit dog. Yeah. Ian Miller said, I have three experiments. Typical Ian. (laughs) 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 We love you, Ian. Although, Ian, we miss uh, the higher moth Mantuine. He hasn't made an appearance in a while. So, What's he up to? We need to know. Is he dead? What happened? We need some updates. Um... History experiments were number one. The Doug, who is a peaceful Shakespearean actor. Oh my god, that's so I'm just, beautiful. I'm just I picturing like Saboba on stage doing <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, and I love it so much. <laughs> number two, the Wampa who loves kittens. Into it. And number yeah. three, the Bodhi who glistens. Oh, Bodhi. That's not that's not an experiment though. That's just who he is. Yeah, it's just Bodhi. He just glistens. Ben Yandel <laughs> <laughs> yeah. said a 30 foot tall Quarren or maybe Kirtan lore clones. Oh, I love no. how questioning the 30 foot tall Quarren is. Like, <laughs> can we do is it 30 foot? Can that work? <laughs> what is it's it 29 unclear. feet? <laughs> can we 30-ish do that? 30-ish feet. It's a very tall Quarren. Is that too tall? <laughs> Water distorts perspective. It's hard to tell. <laughs> Amy said a sleeper virus that makes husbands appear dead. Oh, no. <laughs> once, oh, no. <laughs> once Wedge shows interest in the, quote, widow, unquote, it triggers reanimation. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. No. That's so good. <laughs> Amazing. Also, shout out to Amy for your selfie of reading Iron Fist. Well, not Iron Fist. Solo Command while wearing your brand new Rogue Padron t-shirt. That was awesome. Yeah. Sill said, what, ex- what escaped Cephalor? Definitely a kiwi bird. It aced the weaponized cute program, only fears yams. <laughs> hey, it's a throwback. <laughs> no, not the, yams. <laughs> not the yams. Not the yams. But I also, mean, a, weaponized, a weaponized kiwi would be kind of scary because it got those really long beaks. They could stab you. Yep. Also, um, a special shout out to Sill. Uh, because she wrote us a little fic called You Always Catch Me at My Worst Moment. And how do you spell catch? K-E-T-T-C-H. The only nice. way you know. <laughs> nice. 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 Uh, it's, it's really Tell wonderful. Me. It's um, obviously Legends because it's Poe hanging out with Wedge and Wiz Jensen. But it's wonderful. We'll link it in the show notes. But thank you so much. That really made my universe. It was really good. Dinner leader said, "Clones of Grinder now wreaking havoc on human psychology all over the galaxy." Oh no! <laughs> Michael said, "Wraith LSR Targon was an experiment who went through charisma trials and seduced his way off Saflor with his gold horns and lucky charm." <laughs> I don't appreciate the uh, kissy mm-hmm. face emoji. At I that. question <laughs> his seduction ability. Yeah. I feel like 
I feel like this answer is incomplete without the kissy face emoji. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of think that makes it. <laughs> Mika said, there's some dialogue here. Mm-hmm. A stormtrooper says, sir, no other life forms seem to have escaped. A scientist says, thank the emperor. Then there are some cycling noises. And the scientist says, wait, what's that sound? Then the cycling intensifies. <laughs> oh, shit. What up? Here come that boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Danny. That boy is from Saffalor. It's canon. <laughs> oh, so I good. love that boy. That was an excellent <laughs> d- dramatic reading. Yeah, so I did good. it. I did it all by myself. Um, I think Amy needs a glistening Bodhi for Amy her. Definitely needs Amy definitely Amy can have three glistening Bodies. For both her amazing response about Wedge and the selfie that she took. Oh my gosh. Do we give Syl a glistening yes. Bodhi as well for yes. the fanfic? For the, for absolutely. the fic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I want to give Mika a slightly smaller glistening Bodhi for the Dat Boy reference. Dat Boy, yes. It's absolutely. just. It's just such a good meme. It's the best meme. <laughs> Should we do this week's question? Yeah. At least let our listeners know. Yeah. <laughs> this week's question is a secret. <laughs> I'm sorry without knowing. Tweet us your answers. <laughs> if this interaction was one of Min's better romantic interactions... How have some of his previous encounters gone down? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I, no. I feel like this is one I want to think about. I'm going to need time. I yeah. got to think about this. This is a let's come back next week question. Yeah, this is also yeah. a very blatant uh, write, write, fan, write a fanfic <laughs> <laughs> listener question. FYI. I am straight up going to look into my past and just pick out something embarrassing I've done. Perfect. <laughs> Great. All right, listeners, hit us up on Twitter at Rogue with your answers to this question. Fix would be appreciated because we love that stuff. Find us at our website, roguepodron.tumblr.com. Email us, roguepodron at gmail.com. Subscribe via the Rogue, po- Rogue Podron feed on iTunes <laughs> or the Far Far Away Radio feed on iTunes, Feed, Burner, Stitcher, and Google Play. Do we have an iTunes review, Danny? No, we haven't had any new iTunes reviews in a while. So give us something to read, friends. We will love you. You get a glistening something. (laughs) It's a secret what it is, is. though. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think we're coming back in two weeks. So you have two whole weeks to think about the response to that perfect, wonderful listener question. And so then we'll be doing X-Wing Solo Command, Chapter 7 through 9. Until then, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. That's a lot of wedges. Wow. Dang, Danny. Pew, pew, pew. Yep. We done the thing. We did, we did it. We did it. Once again, the Woo. thing got done, did it. Sure did, did, diddly. <laughs> Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. 
Rogue 3 signing off. Should we pod the cast so Danny can live? <laughs> Let's pod this cast. Alright. Alright. I'm living my best life. Don't even worry. You are. Going to Cali. I'm recording right? in the attic because there's a hawk in my <laughs> podcast room. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most dirty thing you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wonderful. We're so on brand. All right. <laughs>